Father, we thank you for your word, and I pray for Jonathan as he brings your word to us. It would be life to us, and that we would see and hear from you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, I was going to be really gracious and not say a word about Liverpool. I noticed that the worship leader had a Chelsea shirt on. But we won a proper trophy yesterday. <laughs> That's how to win friends and influence people, isn't it? Anyway, um, yeah, it's really good to be with you this morning and to be able to speak and share God's word with you this morning. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 3. And uh, just pray that God's going to help us this morning. Before I read the scripture that I want to focus on this morning, I just want to ask a question. And I've been really encouraged by the worship and the, the emphasis of the worship this morning, that, that real sense of, of focusing on Jesus and, and that emphasis that we, that we constantly need to have in our lives, not just here on a Sunday, but every day, of our lives, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, is that, that Jesus is, is enough for me. Uh, he's my focus. And so I want to ask a simple question, really, with that in mind. And the question is this, what voices are you listening to in your life? What voices are you listening to in your life? Who are we listening to? There are so many voices we, we get them on the news 24 hours a day. We get the voices of politicians. You might have a favorite preacher that you go to online and you listen to their voice. Um, but I just want us to think this morning about what voice are you listening to? What's the most important voice that you're hearing in your life this morning? There's all the kind of noise that's surrounding us, all the kind of comment and 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 social commentary and all those different things that could feed into our lives, yet there's a voice that needs to be more important than any other voice. Right now, you're listening to my voice. You're listening to me. There's, there may be, <coughs> I'm just aware that my throat is really croaky this morning. This is because I was cheering too loudly last night. <coughs> I haven't just realized, until I started speaking at the end of the game last night, I was just... I was just, uh, yeah, I was getting a bit loud. Um, Alison, my wife, doesn't like football. We've managed to be married for over 30 years, and she just doesn't like football, doesn't get it at all. So whilst I'm watching the game last night, she's in the garden doing bits and pieces, yeah. And um, anyway, so I'm just kind of conscious of now my voice, my voice, but you're listening to my voice. You're listening to the voice in your head. We don't know this guy. What's he got to say this morning? And you're thinking about the voice in your head that's saying, did you put the oven on? And all those kind of things. But I just want us to think about the voice that we should listen to. So I want to read to you just a couple of verses from Luke chapter 3. Then I'll set a bit of context and then think about what I want to say this morning. So Luke chapter 3 verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you 
I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. So the context is that uh, John is baptizing. People are coming to be baptized. And there's this crowd of people who are responding to John's preaching about preparing the way and being baptized. And Jesus comes to be baptized. And in this moment, this remarkable moment, the heavens open and a voice speaks from heaven, which everybody can hear, and says these remarkable words. I think, personally, they're amongst some of the most important words in the Bible. God speaks audibly to these people. The heavens open, the Spirit comes in the form of a dove, and the voice from heaven says, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And I believe we need to hear that voice, what, what is being said to us. You see, because we can come to this scripture and we can come to it through the lens of baptism. We think about baptism and what that means and, and, and yes, that's good. And we can come to it through the lens of thinking about the Trinity and, and here the Trinity is represented and we can look at it through that lens. But I'm just aware that on this day, at this moment, this crowd of people didn't go home and do a Bible study on the Trinity. They, were just, they just heard this voice in amongst all that was going on and all that was happening. They heard this voice from heaven, this remarkable moment and, 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 and what it reveals to us about who Jesus is, about who God the Father said who God the Son is and was. So I want us just to unpack those few words that God speaks because this is the voice we need to hear. We need to hear what God the Father says about God the Son. Amen? So the first thing that the the voice says is, you are my son. We have to remember, and I'm sure you do, but we have to remember that, that the Bible is God's story. From beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, from, from the fall of man to the, to the new creation and the new heavens and the new earth, it, it's a story that follows a line. You can read it from beginning to end and God is revealing everything that he is doing in creation and in the cosmos and in the universe and that all of that story finds its meaning and its focus in Jesus Christ. So whenever we read our Bibles, we must always be thinking, what's this saying to me about Jesus? What do I understand about Jesus through all of these things and through all of these stories? And, 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 and so at this moment when Jesus is about to begin his ministry, before, as we've read, he's 30 years of age, before anything else has happened, he goes to John and he's baptized and we haven't got time to get into that this morning. But this, the heavens open and this voice speaks and says, you are my son. And that's the first thing that these people hear. So what does that mean? You are my son. So we go to Psalm 2.7 and the psalmist writes, You are my son. In Psalm 2.7, You are my son. Today I've become your father. So this kind of prophetic psalm that the psalmist wrote in Psalm 2.7 says, You are my son, today I have become your father. So for this, for this gathering of this crowd of people, this, this, 
This Jewish congregation of people who, who, who knew their history, they knew their stories, they knew the story of the coming Messiah. And so for them hearing this voice, God says, you are my son. And we go back to Psalm 2-7 and the psalmist writes, you are my son, today I've become your father. So what we're reminded of is that, that Jesus is the son of the promise. Jesus is the promised son. Other translations render Psalm 2-7 as, I have begotten you. So we sing at Christmas, begotten, not created. It is at Christmas we sing that, isn't it? God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, his only begotten son. And so when, when, this, when the heavens open and the voice speaks, the voice says, you are my son. It's a fulfillment of who Jesus was. It's a confirmation from God that he's installing his Messiah King. This is the King you've been waiting for. This is my son. This is the promise that you've been waiting for. This is your King. We remember too the word of, of God to David in 2 Samuel 7 with all the promises that God makes to, to David. And, it, and he says, and, 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 and he writes this, he says this, he promises this, that he will establish his throne forever. In verse 14, 2 Samuel 7, I will be his father and he shall be my son. So when the heavens open and the voice speaks, we go back to our Old Testament and we see Psalm 2.7, you are my son, today I've become your father. 2 Samuel 7.14, I will be his father and he shall be my son and his throne will last forever. You see, it strikes me that when God says from heaven, you are my son, that actually what's taking place here is a coronation. This is the moment, this is, the, this is revelation to people. That the, the, the son is the rightful king. The king that was promised a throne that would last forever. This is who that king is, Jesus, my son. And we should hear God's declaration that the son of God is the rightful king. In Isaiah 40, we find reference to John's ministry. He says it himself, in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. So John is calling people to repentance. Why? Because the king's coming. Amen. And in this moment, God speaks from heaven and the voice says, you're my son. This is my king. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is what it's all about. This person. The second thing the voice says is, you are my son whom I love. Or as other translations have it, my beloved. My beloved. Before Jesus begins his ministry... God says of his son that he's my beloved son, the son that I love. And I just want just to kind of sidetrack for a moment here because this is really important. Before Jesus does anything, God says, this is my beloved son. This is the son I love. Before Jesus has started his ministry, before anything else has happened, God says from heaven, this is my beloved son. And I just want to encourage you this morning that God, God loves you because he loves you. God doesn't love you because of your performance. Amen? 
God doesn't love you because you've ticked off the boxes this week. You've done your Bible reading. You've done your prayer. You've done all those things. God loves you because he loves you. Amen? I can do nothing to earn God's love. I can do nothing to kind of make God more happy with me, to make God love me more because God's love for me is full and complete. You know, and even when life gets difficult and we get things wrong, we make mistakes, God's love is still flowing towards us and still wants to bless us and restore us and heal us and and deliver us. And God's not looking for a performance from us in order to love us. God loves us. And I'll just get that from this, this little bit of what God says to Jesus. Before Jesus has done anything, God's, God loves him. Amen? So again, um, this voice says, this is the son I love. And again, this crowd are hearing this voice and they're, and, and, and they're wondering what does all this mean? But again, we have this sense of, of, the, of this climactic moment in a sense. Everything's been leading to this. All the prophetic words, all the Old Testament stories, all the foreshadowing in the Old Testament story has been, is in many ways been leading to this moment. It's revealed in a few words that this voice from heaven speaks. So again, we have an echo. We go back to the story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis chapter 22 and how Abraham is... Isaac is the son of promise and, and, and God says, Abraham, sacrifice your son, sacrifice your one and only son. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And here is God's son, God's beloved son, the son whom God loves and God's purposes are being fulfilled in Jesus as the beloved son. So in Galatians, Paul would later write this, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scripture does not say and to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. Later on, the law was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. So here, Jesus is baptized, the heavens open, the voice speaks, this is my beloved son, this is the promised son, this is the one who is the fulfillment. So Abraham and Isaac was a foreshadowing of God's son, God's loved son who would come and die in our place. This is Jesus. This is why Christ is enough for me. Because Jesus fulfills all the promises of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. The yes, the promise has been made and, and, and fulfilled in Jesus. So it's through faith in Jesus. It's through faith in God's beloved Son that I can be set free from the power of sin. Amen. That's what Paul is writing when he comes to Galatians, this whole sense that Paul understands this. And and in this moment, God speaks, this is my beloved son. You want to understand what Abraham and Isaac was all about? It's all about him, Jesus. That God the Father sent his only son, his beloved son, so that we might have life and life more abundantly mixing up my scriptures there the last thing the voice says is this with you 
I'm well pleased. Who likes a pat on the shoulder from time to time? Yeah, hands up. Yeah, put your hands up. Who likes a pat on the shoulder? We all like a pat on the shoulder, don't we? We all like, we all like a little well done from now and, now and again, don't we? Yes, or is it just me? Um, we, all like a, we all like a well done. Say to the person next to you, well done. <coughs> Praise the Lord. You see, so this voice from heaven speaks, you are my son, whom I love, with you I'm well pleased. But this wasn't just God giving Jesus a pat on the shoulder. It's something so much more profound than just that. They're not just words of encouragement. It's at the point, as I said already, where Jesus is beginning in his ministry. And, and God isn't just simply saying, I'm delighted with you. But as one commentator says, it's more, it's more like this, on whom my plan for the salvation of mankind is centered. It's all about Jesus. It really is all about Jesus. If you go home with nothing else today, it's all about Jesus. Amen? It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. It's all about the Son of God. It's all about the Son that God loved. It's all about the one who, with God, with, with, with whom God was well pleased. It was all about Jesus on whom God's plan of salvation for mankind is centered. So we should never tire of singing songs that talk about Jesus. And again, there were echoes from the Old Testament because we think about the servant songs in the Old Testament, Isaiah 42.1. Here is my servant, the prophet says, whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. You see, the anointed king is also the suffering servant. You are my son, is also the son of sacrifice. The one that we read about in Isaiah 53. You see, this king that we worship, this Jesus that we love, this, this God that is confirming who his son is to these crowds of people, is, is, he's a different kind of king. Jesus isn't the king who comes shedding the blood of others to gain victory. But he's the kind of king that comes shedding his own blood to gain victory. And John needed to understand this. I was just struck by this as I was thinking about this, this for this morning. You see, because for John, maybe... There's a bit of disappointment creeps in. Here he is. He's in this crowd of people. He's been saying, prepare the way of the Lord. There's somebody's coming who's going to baptize you with fire, which you can read about in, the, in their preceding verses. Yet by the time we get to Luke chapter 7, uh, John the Baptist is in prison and he's facing death and, and he sends his disciples to Jesus and, and he says to Jesus, having heard this voice, remember John is here at this moment. John, no, John has heard this voice from heaven. But, but a few days on, a few weeks on, there is John the Baptist in prison and, and he sends his disciples and he sends his disciples to Jesus and says, 
are you the one or should we expect someone else? Here's John the Baptist. He's heard this voice yet. When, when disappointment comes, when, 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 when life gets pressured, when, when struggles come, and, and maybe we're just beginning to feel a bit disappointed with Jesus. Can I say that? When the pressure's on, when it's difficult, Christ is enough for me. I've sang it this morning. And so there's John. The one who is confidently proclaiming, prepare the way of the Lord. There's somebody else coming who's going to baptize you with fire, whose, whose shoes I'm not will, worthy to tie. He hears this voice. And yet he finds himself a little while later in prison. And he says, are, are you the one or should we expect someone else? Do you know what it says to me? <laughs> is that our lives can get in a struggle, we can face pressure, we can face difficulty, and maybe we can begin to think, my experience isn't matching up with what I, what I believe, and, and life's hard, and where's Jesus in all of this? Is he the one, or should I expect someone else? Where's, where's, wh why is all this going wrong? Why is all this happening to me? Why, why is all this pressure coming on my life? And, and we, we begin to feel what's happening. But what these, this voice reveals to us is that there is no one else. And John, John's disciples go to Jesus and, and they, Jesus says, look, the sick are healed. People are set free. This is the kind of king I am. This is what I came to do. So John, don't you worry. I've got it covered. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so the voice of God speaks from heaven about his son. You are my son. This is Jesus, the anointed king the son of promise. That Jesus is the, the son of the covenant. The one that we've all been waiting for. And Jesus is the humble spirit anointed servant. And I just want to kind of spend the last few minutes just thinking about this, this sense in which Jesus is this anointing that's taking place, this coronation that's taking place as God speaks from heaven. And it's sealed by the Spirit. And it's sealed by the Spirit in bodily form, coming to rest on Jesus as a dove. You know, I said earlier on about, about the Bible and how it tells these, this great story of what God is doing. And I love the way that sometimes the imagery we have in the Bible just kind of connects. And this isn't an original thought to me. I heard this a few weeks ago and it just kind of really blessed me so much. As I, as I listened. So the Spirit comes down in bodily form as a dove and rests on Jesus. And I was thinking, well, why a dove? You know, and with, within Christian life, you, you'll get badges or you'll, you'll see the Holy Spirit represented as a dove, won't you? We, we, back, at, back at church in Maidstone at Christmas time, um, 
we had we had these uh, lights that we had. There was a couple of angels. They were kind of strip lighting things, um, tube lighting, you know, kind of stuff you can bend. And one of them is a dove. So at Christmas time, we put these lights on the outside of the building so everybody knows it's Christmas. And uh, we've affectionately called the dove the dove from above because it sits high above the above the doors. And I was just thinking, why why a dove? And I was, I was listening to this guy a few weeks ago. Um, you remember the story of Noah? We all know the story of Noah, don't we? And they're in the, the boat and the flood and all the rest of it and how in the story you can read about it, how Noah sends a raven a few times and that comes back because there's nowhere for it to land and then he sends a dove two or three times and then on the third occasion the dove never comes back. And so Noah's there on the boat waiting for this dove to come back but the dove never comes back. And then here in this story the Holy Spirit comes in the form of a dove and rests on Jesus as if to say this is the one you've been looking for. This is the one you've been waiting for. This is the one where there's new life. This is the one where there's the promise of salvation. This is the one where there's the hope of recreation. Here is, here, here is the one on whom my spirit rests. So Isaiah again prophesies, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. And it's a, I just think that's a lovely picture of the dove coming to rest on Jesus. And here is Jesus. Here in Jesus is hope. Here is the promise of new life. Here is the promise of a fresh start. Here is the promise of a new creation. And for us, again, as Paul would later write, having believed you also were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Amen. So the voice, there are so many voices, so many voices in our world today. Political voices, commentators, preachers, all kinds of people vying for our attention, saying, listen, listen to our voice, listen to what we're saying. But actually, I kind of feel blessed that I just want to hear the voice of God. And the voice of God confirms who his son is. The voice of God confirms that Jesus is the reason that we have this, that Jesus is the center of our entire lives, all of our story. The whole story of the cosmos finds its meaning and fulfillment in Jesus Christ, the son of God. Amen. That's why I think these are some of the most important words in the Bible. You are my son, whom I love. In you I'm well pleased. So this week, what's the takeaway? What do I, what do I go into my week with this week? As I go to work tomorrow, as I interact with my neighbours, as I spend time at the school gate, what's the... If I hear the voice of God in my life this morning, if I'm hearing what God is saying to us about his son, Jesus Christ, what, what difference does it make to me tomorrow morning? Number one, I have a king who loves us.
And actually, I have a king who's worthy of my obedience. That actually in my workplace, in, in my office, wherever, wherever I might find myself this week, Jesus is my king. And I take Jesus wherever I go. We have a king who is with us in the midst of disappointment and sadness. I just want to say to a few people this morning, as Stuart read earlier on from that great scripture, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And I believe some of you need to hear this morning, there's nowhere else to go. There's no one else but Jesus. There's nobody else going to come. There's nothing better than Jesus. And if you're facing disappointment and sadness and struggles at the moment, then just come to the throne of Jesus because there's no one else. The third thing we understand is that we, that we have one who speaks <coughs> over our own lives. Do you know there's a voice that we really need to listen to? Again, there are so many voices that might be speaking into your life and there might be so many voices that are saying things to you that just simply aren't true. You need to hear what God says to you this morning. That you're his child and that he loves you and that he will never leave you and that he will never forsake you. That wherever you go, he goes with you. Amen. And, I, and I, it's just that great encouragement that, that we need to hear what God says. And if you're struggling with, with kind of issues of, of, of insecurity and all of those kind of things, then, then go to the Word of God and, and just read what, what John says, that we, are, that we are God's children. God delights in you. God not only pats you on the shoulder, but He's got something for you to do. That means my time's up. And that Jesus is the one who saves us completely. Praise the Lord. And Jesus is the one who we live for, sealed by his Holy Spirit at work in our lives. So I pray. I just noted one of the songs we sang right at the beginning. I just wrote the words down as we sang it. Because we know our world needs Jesus. Amen. So whatever voices you're listening to in your life, can I just encourage you to listen to the voice of God? It's all here. We might not hear an audible voice. The heavens might not open. We might not see a dove. But actually we hear God's voice as we give ourselves to his word, as we pray, as we seek the counsel of others. Let's, let's, let's be people who are listening to the voice of God in our lives. And understand all that he has done for us in and through Jesus Christ, his son. Our king, our saviour, our redeemer, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all your blessings. We pray, Lord Jesus, for your grace upon us in the week that's ahead of us. Lord, help us to serve you as our king. Help us to love you as our saviour. Lord, help us to know that you are with us and blessing us. And so, Lord Jesus, we just give ourselves to you again this morning. Our King, our Saviour, our Lord. Amen.